Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. Fightful.com Raw Podcast. It is June 19th. Thank you to those of you who are watching us over on FightfulPods.com. That is our new podcast site. Basically, your one-stop shop for hundreds of podcasts that we have done over at Fightful.com from our Raw shows, SmackDown shows, uh, The List and Your Boy, Post Pay-Per-View, including the Holy Smoke show, the, the post-UFC broadcasts the Fightful Boxing Podcast, but also the Elias Theodorou, Sean Pearson, Frank Trigg, Matt Riddle, Shane Helms podcasts that we have done in the past as well. All of that over at FightfulPods.com. You all are going to love the layout of that. Also, I think you all are going to like what we have coming up for Fightful.com as well. So head over to FightfulPods.com. Check that out. Do us a solid. Also, head over to our forums Start a topic, enjoy, talk. We've got live coverage for you. Ring of Honor, best in the world this Friday. It snuck up on me, completely forgot about it. We have live coverage there. Also, Bellator NYC Friday night. UFC Oklahoma City Saturday or Sunday night. And uh, we have a post show coming to you right after UFC Oklahoma City. It will cover the Bellator show. It will cover the UFC show. A little bit of everything. I'll talk about the Ring of Honor pay-per-view at some point as well. But damn, I'm joined by Alex Palowski, associate editor of Fightful.com. Alex, we have quite a bit to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Before yeah, we a lot. Before we even get to Raw, there was news that dropped this evening. Impact Wrestling letting a bunch of their well, – all of their agents go. They're letting yeah. all of them – and, God, I heard from a lot of people about this. Obviously, I talked to Shane Helms, who was one of them who left. I talked to several talent, like probably a half a dozen different impact talent. There ain't a one of them that's happy about this, including yeah. one. You all can see the story over at Fightful.com uh, when I asked how they felt about it, and they said Shane was our best, most hands-on agent, so obviously I am thrilled about it. And then another person told me that you have a better chance of hitting the lottery than knowing what's going to happen with Impact Wrestling. And then another person was particularly upset because Al Snow and Shane Helms are two guys who, when Impact was really, as we say, in the shit, Hmm. were like, hey, you know what? To make it a little bit easier, we'll be on-screen characters as well. We're going to help you out a little bit here. And then the new regime takes over and... Let's them go. Now, uh, these were contract expirations. 
Shane started with him a couple years ago. I know that there are other companies that are very interested in him. One of the people I spoke to actually said, wouldn't surprise me if the Hardys worked out a deal for him. I can't say that that's true or not, but yeah, uh, some going on, goings on in Impact Wrestling. Abyss, Sanjay Dutt will be taking over a lot of those roles. What were your thoughts when you uh, heard about those moves, Alex? Uh, just m- more treachery from those evil owl men. Uh, they can't seem to get out of their own way by uh, just letting their best employees work, but instead they have to either give it to the guys that are, you know, been there for a while because, you know, the old regime might still have spies within it or something. It's very, yeah. it's, it's very, um, you know, I don't know, backroom dealings. And it just, it seems odd. And I, I, I don't like that. That's because some people who, who work there, are, you know, say great things, at least in interviews uh, about the new team, uh, so I don't, I mean, but as far as I can see, uh, it's not pleasant to be working there. If you've been a long time impact employee, we do still have live coverage of Slammiversary on July 2nd. We're going to have live coverage of the new Japan shows, July 1st and 2nd. I'll be bringing you guys a post-show podcast. I don't know who with at this point after impact Slammiversary that night or new Japan, whichever ends first or ends last rather. Sorry about that. This is this is going to be an interesting thing. I mean, we're going to see a different direction for for Impact probably with the agents switched up a little bit. Now, I like Sanjay Dutt, and he's well-liked backstage as well. I always thought that Jeff Jarrett, if he couldn't book himself, would make pretty good decisions. But this this one's questionable. This one's weird. And Shane was very frank with me. He said, I do not doubt that my relationship with the Hardys had something to do with this. And he said that he got a lot of unprofessional unnecessary heat because of his buddies that sucks that sucks yeah that's that's not cool but we got monday night raw to talk about obviously myself jimmy van we're going to talk more about that over on the list and your boy this week a program reminder that show takes place thursday this week only i want to thank all of you who tuned into the list and your boy 24 last week it has cracked our top 10 all-time downloaded podcasts in like four or five days. That's pretty remarkable. We had the Jim Cornette's response to Jimmy Van's offer to set up a debate with Vince Russo. And that was something also a story that got a lot of play for us. Jimmy Van explains why he canceled his son's scheduled circumcision. Alex, you do not have a boy. Are you done having kids? Yeah, I think I think we're gonna try and stop at one, but you know, who knows? Plans plans change. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Cards subject oh. to change, you know. Oh god. I, I will say, you had a six star child, Alex. Yes, yeah, yeah, I did. Six and a quarter, but that's just me maybe being biased. Monday Night Raw. I have to say, I rather enjoyed this episode of Monday Night Raw. I liked it. I had I had a good time. A lot of a lot of important things happened. It was a good time. But what did you think, Alex? I don't know. You know, I'm on the fence about a lot of stuff, but there were some but the moments that I that I liked, I loved. So that that always helps you raise a, an average, but as we go through it, I'm sure there there are moments that that 
that I remember going, really? <laughs> but we'll get to those. That we will. Well, let me, let me just say, or ask, what were you most looking forward to going into this show, if anything? Uh, the rumored Braun return. I mean, it's one of those things where if I had, if I was not at all, didn't follow any of the sheets or whatever, didn't work here, was just a regular dude, um, that would have really surprised me. Like, and and maybe maybe it's one of those things that I, I missed that, you know, miss the guy, miss being the guy who goes to work in an office for 40 hours a week, doesn't keep up with stuff, watches Raw on Hulu, you know, but hurt hears, oh my God, Braun's back on Twitter and I have to switch over, you know, because I'm not following it. Maybe I miss that sense of being surprised. But sure. but tonight, even though I thought it was coming, I didn't know for sure. And when it happened, oh, I was so delighted. Uh, but yeah, there, there really wasn't a lot going into tonight that I was, you know, knew about thinking was going to happen. So uh, that little rumor got me popped. Well, let's get into uh, Monday Night Raw. Guys, if you all haven't before, you can check out my uh, match ratings, analysis, podcast notes, 8 a.m. after every Raw SmackDown pay-per-view. Roman Reigns came out wearing something that had me begging for him to put on that chest protector, Alex. This is one of the most absolute dog shit designs I've ever seen. I get it. They're trying to emulate the the Jordan silhouette. Shit ain't working. No. no uh, yeah. It, it, somebody remarked on Twitter that actually looks closer to a silhouette of AJ Styles doing the phenomenal forearm than it does Roman Reigns doing Superman punch. Like it's it's just it's kind of generic for short. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It doesn't look like him at all. But he puts it over on on Twitter all the time as though it's the best shirt ever okay um it's a new shirt it's new merch yeah you gotta you gotta push it um but yeah when 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 news broke uh tonight uh during the day excuse me that roman was going to start off the show with the announcement that he himself told us last week we were not going to like well then you know you gotta tune in and find out what he's gonna say (laughs) <laughs> Reigns drops a pretty great line on The Undertaker when they chant at him. I've been very impressed with Roman Reigns' promo work. He then demanded a title shot. Not like, I want. He's like, I deserve it. It's mine. I run this bitch. Give it to me. Hot damn, I'm all for that. I have really enjoyed the booking of Roman Reigns basically since this Undertaker program started. Yeah, this was uh, one of those things, though, uh, that was pointed out uh, in a tweet to me from someone. I'm sorry, I forget your name. The That if Roman could just do this, just walk down to the middle of the ring and say, I want a title match, what the hell is he doing competing in a fatal five-way back in you know, June 4th? If he can just walk down the ring and say, I want a title match at any time. Uh, I guess that's cool that he can do that, but it's basically the same thing that John Cena did at the beginning of the year when he demanded a title match against AJ Styles and was given it. Um, it. I don't know how this endears him to his fans, but they were cut into the crowd and all the boys, the little boys, 10 years old, loved this. And it's it like, here we go. It's it's the guy who comes down and it's like, you know, I'm awesome. Everyone should worship me. And, and he's the hero of all the children, which is just a weird 
dynamic for me as you know but I, I do love that he's allowed to be this for lack of a better word dickish yeah I, I like that a lot Samoa Joe comes out and cuts a pretty good promo and rain rains fires back and I love that he referenced the Paul Heyman promo that you'll never be one of us and you are just Joe this leads to Joe headbutting Reigns. They go at it. Joe retreats. What did you think of, of their interaction and Joe retreating? Well, the the uh, idea of him saying this guy calls himself Joe, like he won't even say Samoa Joe, which is also kind really kind of a dickish thing to do. And then when Joe comes out, I love it. He says, "I am Samoa Joe." Like he dropped the actual pronunciation of it on him. Like that was that was intense. And um, I love that he threw the front per- first punch. I love that he was getting the upper hand. But, yeah, I mean, Roman Reigns, it's true what he says. Nobody can beat me one-on-one, you know, because there's a guy in an office who says so. And um, that's great. It's like, not what he says in a fucking story, Alex. I, oh, I understand. But that's, that, is, that is what a, a lot of us at home realize. But yeah, but it's in the scope of the story, Alex. Come sure, on, sure. But if you if you're going to put that over, the fact that nobody can beat him one on one, then I don't care if you're number one contender or you're the champ. You're he's going to get his licks in, and that's cool. Samoa Joe leaves after having dealt damage to Roman Reigns before getting damage dealt to him. I'm fine with that. Um, I I I thought this was going to be the the brewing of something else, not a match tonight. Considering what we got, I'm really glad we got to see that match tonight. Um, but uh, this, to me, seems like something, like a real program they could do when yeah. Roman or Joe's not involved in the title picture. They could do this thing at SummerSlam, and it would be it would be really, really good. Might still oh, be yeah. show. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Hardy Boys defeated Anderson and Gallows. I know you took, <laughs> took events to them saying, one of the best teams in WWE, and I'm with Please. you. They say I'm it every week, and then the guys lose. It's like, well, it can't be both. To be fair, the other teams in the WWE right now are Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, the Revival who haven't been on TV, Slater and Rhino, and the Titus brand are <laughs> some of the other ones. Right. Like, this one of those technically, of, they're not wrong. Well, yeah, well, if, if the world <laughs> encompasses just the teams on Raw, yeah, they're the, one of the yeah. best. Um, they, 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 they were the title holders at one point, and now they're just uh, another also-ran heel team. And they they could be better than that, but they're not put in that position. I mean, Rhino is on main event this week losing to Kalisto, spoiler alert. So, like, it's not like they're doing anything with Heath and, Heath and Rhino either. There's going to be somebody super pissed that you spoiled that. Yeah, there there that. just always cool. is. <laughs> There, you have no idea how many people – like, I mean, I see it, but how many people pop up and say, your opinion on subjective entertainment is wrong. <laughs> God. Uh, Anderson cut off a whisper in the wind in pretty cool fashion in this. Later, Jeff Hardy returns a favor by almost killing Anderson with one. Uh, then Anderson continues to sell his ass off for the Hardy boys. Matt kicks out of a boot of doom. These guys are being protected Really Big time. There's there's still super over three months in. Usually WWE finds a way to screw this shit up by now. Yeah. No, well, it's Especially because the tag team. It's because they're entirely protected. Like yeah. 
you know, they could easily be 50-50 booking. Now they're not the champs. You can do whatever you want with them. But they still continue to win. The one time they lost a match was a cage match where, you know, guys jumped out a little before the other guys. Like it was, it wasn't like they really, they got pinned or submitted, you know. So they're really protected, which leads me to believe that this thing's going to continue. And maybe the only thing that breaks them up or, or halts their momentum is the, is them breaking them up. Yeah, pretty decent match, fun, enjoyed it, excited for the future of this. Not excited for the future of Goldust's promos. I want to see him out doing some different stuff. His have just, they're there at this point. I'm I'm glad to see the old-ish Goldust back, but I want to see something else. That being said, Truths was probably his best so far. I liked his. I don't like the... Crap music in the background. I get what they're doing. I know the reason behind it. It's just right yeah. now. I, I'm. I. They, they say they're actually going to have a match next week. I think is what they basically insinuated. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. To something besides these pre-taped promos. Um, that's cool. Somebody said that. What if it's not a match? It's just like they go to like bar trivia and they just try and outdo each other with movie quotes. Because that's that's all they're apparently doing right now is just trying to figure out which one of them knows the most quotes from movies. Um, Pretty much, like yeah. that—that's the heat of the feud. Yeah. True golden truth fashion. What else we got? Oh, Charlie Caruso. If you want to see the difference in someone getting it and someone not, put Charlie Caruso's interview intros right next to Dasha Fuentes. Yeah, you'll see something. There. She interviews Joe. Joe hits his obligatory UC. Is normal. Elias Sampson is outside or in the ring strumming the guitar, and he's interrupted by Finn Balor. Now, I just got to say, when when Finn Balor's music hit, I was like, damn, they sneak an electric guitar in there? What's going on? <laughs> it's like, shit. <laughs> but... uh Balor sends uh, Elias packing pretty much. And Bo Dallas is his opponent, and he looks way different than I remember him from last yeah. week when he was breaking up a fight. Yeah, no, he I, – I don't – I haven't watched main event in many, many months since I stopped having to cover it. Uh, somebody used to tell me when he, they did this repackage because I'm in love. Like the giant – the beard, the wild hair. He's wearing the fingerless gloves like he did when he was NXT champ. He looks like he's lost weight or or like cut body fat. Like his, he looks more built. Um, he's wearing a singlet that helps. Well, no, but this this it's a different singlet than the one he was wearing before. Like for months yeah. after the social outcast broke up, he was still wearing his social outcast one. That was how little they black him. black is slimming, bro. It's good, but uh, I, I you know I was gonna say you're absolute shit for putting over those fingerless gloves. Listen, it's a I know you're a fan. I know you um, love them. I, I do. Um, they're they're part of my shtick. I got to represent. It's part of my oh, gimmick. Jesus. But um, but it it does harken back to when Bo Dallas meant something. Like when he was in NXT and he was the NXT champ and he wore the fingerless gloves and that was that was how he got his start. I thought he wore fingerless glove uh, one. That's yeah, true. He did. He did. He wore one. He found the other one. It was lost in a closet somewhere. And now he's got both of them. So, yeah. uh, but but I, I was I was happy to see him. Um, it was weird when Samson was out there 
I was expecting Dean Ambrose's music to hit because that's just basically what they've been doing. And when it was somebody else's, it literally took me ten seconds to realize, well, that's Balor's music. Are they doing a Balor they, versus Samson thing? I could be wrong, but it seemed like they started his music at an earlier clip than they usually do. Yeah, yeah, it, did. it, it was the it was the long version. Um, yeah, but I, I just I it feels like they're doing two things with Balor. A, they're promoting him in, in vignettes as though he's the second coming. Like, they're really pushing him hard as being this amazing talent who they can build the WWE around. And then, in practice, he's losing in triple threat matches. He's, he's the guy who gets submitted to Joe at Extreme Rules. He's being put in a feud with Elias Sampson, who, while I love what he's doing, isn't on the level of the guy who you put against the dude who you say might be the future Vince, of the company. Vince loves him, man. Vince McMahon loves the drifter. But he's but here's the thing. He loves him. Is he the drifter? Because he keeps saying now who wants to walk with Elias instead of who wants to walk yeah, with Yeah, you know what? Okay, he loves Elias. Whatever. Who gives a well, shit? It's, it's weird that they're like repackaging him in little ways uh, now that he's on the main roster. But yeah. um, uh, I, Bo I Dallas really the- beat the living shit out of Finn Balor, though. Like, I mean, beat the brakes off of him. He looked great. He uh, not only the way he looked, but the what he was doing in the ring. I'm really happy for him that they're actually got a got a role for him now. Like as we'll, we'll talk we'll about talk later. About, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But this is the type of showing. If if you take a guy who's lost every match like Bo Dallas, and you want to add him to something like they did later in this show, I think this is an okay showing. He wasn't going to beat Balor no matter what. No. Uh, the egregious camera zoom seemed to be back, including one on the coup de gras, which. Does not need that zoom for as much as I dislike that move. If Balor's going to do a move that absolutely kills people, mm-hmm. just show it. And I had a lot of I had a person say maybe they're doing it because they they fear emulation. I'm like, no, they would just ban the damn move then. Right. That's that's all they would do. Balor comes back, wins. This is another uh, fine match. One of actually one of my favorite of Balor's on Raw thus far. Not that he's had many. Later, Elias Sampson attacks Balor backstage. But the real story is, how about that pop Devon Dudley got tending to Balor? Yeah, he popped people me. Were like, people were like, oh shit, Devon's in this feud. No, no. <laughs> no. no. He's the Fit Finley character. That's who he is. Yes. He's the guy with more bass in his voice than the refs. Devon! And, uh, get the medical tape! <laughs> That's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. Man. So yeah, Balor, Samson, looks like that'll happen at Great Bizalls. Yeah, yeah. But now I want I want I told you this story last week. And God, I just realized that uh that logo, I'm pretty sure with with about 95% certainty in this small world, I know the guy personally who made it. And I haven't talked to him in a decade, Alex. <laughs> There was a guy who roomed with my best friend in college. Wow. A little different. Very nice dude. But hadn't thought about him for about a decade. And about a week and a half ago, said friend messages me and says, have you heard what this guy's doing now? I'm like, no, I haven't. He goes, he's the 3D animator for the WWE. And I was like, this son of a bitch is the bane of my existence. (laughs) The same guy that used to just 
job me out on Guitar Hero back in the day <laughs> has come back to haunt me. That son of a bitch. Small world. Who knew? Anyway, Rollins comes out and cuts a promo. He touts his WWE 2K18 cover and cuts a white meat babyface promo. And I got to say, four white meat babyface promos, not too bad. That shit doesn't work today. But it was kind of like him saying that he's got a chance at redemption. Usually, when Bray Wyatt pops up on that screen, he says a whole lot of nothing. But he basically says, hey, bro, you just said that you weren't going to sell out. And you're shilling this game. Mm-hmm. What's up with that, man? Now, he said it in far different terms than I did, but he comes out, Rollins dives on him, just ran out of the gate, no follow-up. But production got a cool visual of like Rollins with his cheek cut open. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this segment? I know you're a, you're a Bray Wyatt advocate. I'm a Bray Wyatt apologist. Yeah, I apologize for Bray Wyatt and too much. Um, yeah, this the thing. The thing with this game is the trailer dropped today. I wrote a, a thing on Fightful.com about it. You should check it out. Uh, dissecting all of the crimes that uh, Seth Rollins commits in this trailer, it, it does seem very much like the old Seth Rollins uh, in the trailer. Uh, and now he comes out and talks about this game that he's shilling in the widest of white me baby face promos after burning down a warehouse that had priceless memorabilia in it. And maybe also burning a dude to death. We don't know what happened to that security guard. So, um, so to have Bray come out who really is the kind of guy who would burn stuff down just, you know, for the hell of it. Um, it was kind of interesting to see that juxtaposition. Um, this, I have no use for this feud. This is a bridge feud for Seth Rollins to get to somebody else and it's another thing to, for Bray Wyatt to come out and talk about what, how much of a god he is. And then he loses the feud. And the next day on Raw, he comes out and he says, I am a god. Losses don't matter to me because I'm not a mortal man. I'm a god. And he'll feud with somebody else and he'll lose that too. Like until they start booking this guy to be something other than this mystical yeah. shaman who's powerless in the ring. Uh, I kind of, kind of done with poor, poor Bray Wyatt. Fair enough. Akira Tozawa with Titus O'Neil defeated TJP. I look forward to Titus O'Neil segments every single week now. It's great. TJP heel dabs are also great. It works a lot more now that he's a heel. We get some good fast-paced action. Neville comes out. This is a good match. Tozawa wins, and this guy gets it. Like As it pertains to translating to American wrestling, he gets the body language. He gets the facial expressions. He gets the in-ring work. He gets the getting a cheap little chant over. That's working too. Neville cuts a promo, and then on Tazawa's behalf, Titus cuts one back to like kind of sell himself. I loved like everything about this. Yeah. No, the, the nothing I loved more about this segment than Neville coming out mid-match uh, and you know, basically threatening Michael Cole by not threatening Michael Cole. It's like, don't worry, I'm not here for you. Uh, and then he he takes his extra chair and puts it basically on the ramp, like ten feet from the commentary desk. And he just he just lounges back in it like some evil medieval king. It's fantastic. Um, 
the way Titus was running his mouth at Neville, it makes me want a Neville Titus match as part of this feud. Because if there's one guy who was already proven that he can go with the big boys, it's Neville. That's all he did before he, he joined the cruiserweights. So, you know, I'm, I would love to see that maybe, um, or, or even that, but Titus not back up his stuff and put Cruz in the match and then have Neville run wild all over Cruz until Tozawa has to save his buddy Cruz. And that firmly ensconces him in the Titus brand something because Titus can't keep saying this stuff to Neville without backing it up himself in some fashion. Sure. But, uh, I am so down for a Tozawa Neville feud. Those matches really are going to be fire. Really loving all of it. It's making me care about Tozawa more so than usual. Uh, quick plug, guys. Check out Anna Bauer's Most Ridiculous. It's on the sidebar of Fightful.com. Head over to Fightful.com. I know some of you just check out the podcast, but we have all your latest wrestling, MMA, boxing news. Of course, that boxing news is going to be uh, fast and furious ahead of August 26th. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, your boys at Fightful.com have you covered there. And if you don't like MMA, you don't like boxing, you don't like pro wrestling, you can head over to each individual page. We have a wrestling page, MMA page, boxing page. Uh, Bookmark that. You don't have to see the other stuff. We also have filters on that main page as well. That way it just eliminates whatever you don't want to see. Lots of good hot takes on Mayweather McGregor. We're going to talk more about that on tomorrow's Holy Smokes MMA podcast. I'm talking to Michael Chandler, Bellator champion, ahead of that show as well. So please check that out and use our forums. Go over there, start a topic. I'd greatly appreciate it. I might thank you. It'd be super cool. We got uh, movies, TV, music, wrestling, MMA, boxing. We're adding sports. I am contemplating, suggesting adding politics that might be a bad idea i don't know i know one thing it's not going to show up on our sidebar if we do it not touching that one with a 10-foot pole samoa joe versus roman reigns i was a little upset about i don't want to say upset but it's like man i I want some of these first time matches on pay-per-views and big ones Mm mm-hmm now, these guys had the the outstanding match that I knew and expected they would have. But, I mean, I don't know how many times I can beat this dead horse and, and drain the, the glue out of it, Alex, but there's so often that we see these, and it's like, man, I would have watched that in the main event. of I would That would have been a main event of SummerSlam for me. That's how big that is. And people can say, Samoa Joe's got titties. Nobody's going to believe him. Well, you know, those five million... <laughs> YouTube hits by the next day say otherwise because your boy tracks those every week. And that is a, pardon my French, fucking anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, nothing will make me tune you out as a wrestling fan faster than a Samoa Joe's got titties take. I'm just I, I I know from that point on I can I don't have to take anything that you say seriously. So God, you, um, you all would be hard pressed to find a UFC heavyweight that doesn't have titties. <laughs> whatever. You like uh, there was whatever. literally a guy on the Ultimate Fighter one year whose nickname was Titties. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so this match was dope. 
Um, I, I mean, I, I loved it. Um, I, I think these two work really, really well together in the ring, like really well. Um, and, and if what we think is going to happen happens, uh, and we and we wind up getting a Brock Braun thing at SummerSlam. If this is the undercard match for for the Raw brand, I'm all about it um, because these guys uh, stiffed the crap out of each other, uh, made it look great. Um, each guy got a comeback sequence, which is which is you know rare for a for a um, a Raw match. Uh, it, it it felt like it had the right weight to it, uh, a, a depth, um, and. Uh, I thought that Samoa Joe uh, was was going to be hurt by this match. I thought they were going to find a way to keep uh, Roman um, looking not just strong, but identifiably better than Samoa Joe. And they did not do that. These guys, they, they battled to a stalemate uh, that ended, of course, with an ambulance backing into the arena. There, there was a spot where after Reigns hits Joe with a spear and Joe gets his foot on the rope for Ray, Graves just goes, wow, wow. Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, that, that, that false finish was golden. Very good. Very good. Strowman got a great pop. It was an awesome visual of him just popping out and roaring. I just love that it started with the ambulance backing in. As though the ambulance was returning for revenge. Like, you yes. personally blamed Roman for what happened. Not Braun, but Roman. If he hadn't started this damn thing in the first place, Roman, none of this would have happened. Now I'm coming for you. Uh, and him bursting out, of, bursting through the doors of the ambulance was one of the great visuals in the history of Raw. Uh, I missed this guy so much. I'm so glad whatever he had wrong with his elbow was easily fixable. Uh I'm so happy he's back. Joe chokes out Reigns. An excellent match. A big return. A a bit of a hazy finish, so we can run that back down the line. Mm -hmm. Strowman comes out, beats up Reigns, challenges him to an ambulance match, drops the mic. Now, first off, this is for Great Balls of Fire, and of course, I challenge you for Great Balls of Fire. I'm like son of a bitch, guys. Yep. This is the thing. Is here. Here's the thing that's really funny with this and um and the Brock uh, Joe match. Like all the people who are being like, dude, Vince, you are so out of touch. Why would you name this pay per view Great Balls of Fire? All these people who are hebbity hooing about that are the yeah. same people who cannot deny that those two matches are going to be balls out amazing. God, I can just see so it. Great balls. I can out. just see him. Yeah. We gotta get Lana on roller skates. <laughs> well, Lana's on SmackDown. God damn it, pal. <laughs> I can just see it now. I get... But the idea that he has to make this pay-per-view with the silly name that everybody hates into the most badass pay-per-view ever so that everyone is forced to go back on the network and rewatch this thing five years from now and go... Great Balls of Fire, really? They called this thing that had these two amazing yeah. slobber knocker matches Great Balls of Fire. Okay, fine. But then he's been. And as people are pointing out in the chat, he said, Great Balls of Fire pay per view. <laughs> I know. But that's a different <laughs> I thing. Love now. It. 
I love him because I think it, honestly, there's there's the story that that uh, Jerry Jerry Lawler's lawyer is the same lawyer for for um, for Jerry Lee Lewis, and they and he contacted Jerry and was like, "Hey, can we need I need a number to talk to at WWE Legal because we're going to sue them for copyright infringement <laughs> because because Vince didn't think the name of a very famous song would be copyrighted." But I wonder if now they're calling it Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, like all one word, so they can trademark the whole phrase, and that way they can say it and not get in trouble. <laughs> because it's just weird that they're calling Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. They didn't call it Extreme Rules pay-per-view. It's just weird. Well, <laughs> well, I wonder if Vince even thought Jerry Lee Lewis was like still alive. Well, I think, but the whole thing is that if he thought he was that old, he probably would, he was like, "Oh, it was a fire." That was a great song about fifteen years ago. Like he doesn't realize how long time exists for. Oh, man, man, that's something. Obviously, we'll make our predictions for that show as it gets a little bit closer. Ms. TV with Maurice. Ms. has repaired the grandfather clock by watching YouTube videos. I love this guy. This is great. The Bears are there holding signs. I need the Bears, the gobbledygooker, the bunny, Jack Swagger's eagle, the San Diego chicken, just Pier 6 brawl. Ambrose comes out, and Miz proceeds to have the worst day ever. He spills a drink on Maurice, then falls on the clock. The Bears then attack Ambrose. It's Bo and Axel, who earlier had been recruited by Miz. Now, this segment backstage gave us one of the better lines where Curtis Axel is trying to like cheer Bo Dallas up after his loss. He was like, your, your, your motto has always motivated me. And Bo, Bo says, I stole that from a poster with a cat on it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like two minutes behind and I saw Anna quote that. And I was like, what am I missing? Yeah. What's going to be on, like, is this in the bronze segment? Like, <laughs> what is this? No. But, uh, yeah, Miz TV. Maurice, Miz still having a few issues. Miz has cronies. This is good. This is good. Yeah. I like it. I like that, that that he went and found these two guys who, you know, he made into stars by putting them in the Marine 5. Um. Uh, and they and they kind of like were hesitant about doing it, but okay, fine. Um, yeah, and I think they're great. I, I hope people were like, I hope they get like all Hollywoodized and like they they get all you know like they look kind of like the Miz. Like, no, I want these two dudes to be like big bearded biker bodyguards. Like that's what I feel like they should be to look completely different than than um, uh, than the Miz. Um, but. I, I love I love both of these guys can be really great. They were so good together in the social outcasts. They have stuff that they can bring to this uh, this program. Uh, Lord knows that if it was just another Miz and Maurice versus Ambrose match, it would have gotten stale. Now that we have these two lackeys who can get involved and take dirty deeds on the floor, uh, it's it's going to at least freshen it up a little bit. Um, yeah, they are going to be the heaters because the Miz, he barely wins. Mm-hmm. And that's been the case for most of the year when he even was 
more over than before, and his quality hasn't like taken a hit or anything. He's still incredible. He doesn't have a Daniel Bryan to play off of because he's not involved with the the Kurt Angle stuff. Yeah, usually I would expect that, but now he's got a couple of heaters that can work with him. He can run six man tags with people there. I'm sure they'll get involved with like the Hardy Boys down the line and do something like that. But I'm all for it. I think it's good. I'll tell you what I'm good not stuff. all for is them extending this breakup thing with Maurice. I, I, you can't – these they're so good together. Have them make up at some point. I don't, I don't need a breakup angle. Maybe the Maurice was in on this whole thing because I don't know how you run this setup on De- Dean Ambrose if she's not also in on it, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I'd be cool with that, up. but usually I'd, I'd say, I don't want Ambrose to look stupid. Ambrose has already looked stupid in virtually every oh, storyline, so, so whatever. Sheamus and Cesaro defeated the Titus brand. Titus is over. The crowd loves him. And also he reminded us that he is a great hot tag, Alex. He is. His hot tag was Faya uh, back when the primetime players uh, were in the main event scene of the, of the tag team division. Uh, when they had the titles, he was the, be- he was the hottest tag in wrestling. Um, and he still has that in him. Um, and he can still be great at, at doing that. Um, I, I really actually I liked seeing Cruz and him together. They seem like they have a a good chemistry. Um, and uh, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro were still working really well together. Uh, this was a, this was a decent match and something that I think could be fun as a one off program for Sheamus and Cesaro if they want to extend them with the belts after the Hardys thing is over. Uh, it could be a lot of fun between these days. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro apparently have a new tag team finisher, which is just, um, you know, the white noise, but w- assisted by um, Cesaro jumping off the second rope. I'm fine with that. Looks cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, this this could be good. Good, quick match, hard hitting. I liked it. I liked it. Oh, Alex. Yep. You were the leader of Hebity Who Nation. I was. I was. Leading up to this this women's thing. Come on, man. You were, you, yeah, people were looking, begging, pleading for a reason to be upset, especially after last night. Right. No, that's, that's, well, the thing is, is that that's, that's what made it so, so glaringly obvious to me and conspicuous is after last night uh, uh, and what happened with it. And listen, Whatever, I don't want to rehash last night, but we can say it was it was uh, a, it was something that made a lot of female fans upset. So there's a, also this thing of like you have a three hour program, you three have a three hour program on Raw. How how many minutes do the women get every week? Usually it's two, maybe three segments, a total of a half hour out of two, out of three hours. Um, this time. They were absent from the two, first two hours and 40 minutes, I think, uh, of, of the night. And then they got a seven-minute segment in which all of them were shoehorned into it together. The match never even finished. And I guess we should all just shut up now and go back to minding our own business. Uh, yes, it's, shit. It's, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. The match breaks down really quickly. The only note I had was I like Sasha Banks's how she innovates with the double knees and stuff, but she's going to have to innovate and add or else it'll turn into a Finn Balor situation for me. 
And I've had people that say, well, why don't you complain about Nakamura? I've complained a lot about Nakamura on the main roster, especially with that. He, he's been softballing it in. This match breaks down quickly as Alexa Bliss and Emma have a tussle at the top of the ramp. They're chased into the ring. But immediately after, they team up. Because this doesn't have to make sense. No. Nia Jax trips running the ropes. Yeah. Another dove cries. Yeah. Bailey shows up, has some new ring gear, kicks everybody's asses. This booking is an absolute mess. Yeah. You have some real talents here. And you just got a mess. Listen. A mess. Now, to me... If if you're going to do this and keep the women off Raw for two hours and 40 minutes, and then they come on, and then you do something great, maybe I'm not going to have any who. But you have all of these women who can do great things, and you decided to put them all into a non-match where, like, none of them really speak. Like, it's not – it doesn't forward anything except for they all kind of hate each other because women, am I right? Like, it, this is the worst thing that you could do with them on the night after what you did to the SmackDown women. Like, it just feels like they're completely tone deaf. It's never okay to do only a one. If the first segment of the night was the only women segment and it was seven minutes long, it would still not be okay. You 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 have all these women. Find different storylines for them. Make them important. They're, they're half of the population. Like, they don't deserve seven minutes out of three hours. How long before Alexa Bliss finds the footage of Bailey from the Edge and Christian show where she attacks Tommy Dreamer with the cane and uses it against her in a terrible segment? Uh, I don't know. Next week, like, it's just <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now, hey, I, yeah, the, I will say Bailey has added this new sick running knee thing that was yeah. pretty great. Um, so she looked like she was kind of extreme. She wasn't wielding a stick. But she was getting in some good shots, so that's good. We got the old Bailey back. The booking, absolutely heavy. Who worthy? Waiting till this late in the show? I don't care. I don't care about that. Do, do, do yeah. you think the women, as a rule, deserve more than seven minutes out of three hours? Sometimes. Well, I mean, like, should should they be? Should they have multiple storylines? They have all these writers. They have all these talented women. They should be able to do something with them. I mean, should be able to, but I mean, it's not like mandatory by, by any stretch. I mean, whatever makes the best show and right now, whatever they're doing with the women does not make for the best show. In my opinion, that's not their fault. That's not the women's fault. No, not their fault at all. I mean, I'm sure some of it is, uh, it has to come down to delivering in the ring. You got a couple girls who can't do that. Right. Delivering on the mic. You got a couple girls who can't do that. So as you've said but, in the past, you write and program to their strengths. And they're Definitely. not doing that at all, and that's the problem. Definitely. They're, it's like they're too worried about keeping everybody involved mm-hmm. that they mess it up by having this terrible, terrible mm, – yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Final segment. Kurt Angle's out to the ring. It made no sense for Enzo to do that intro at that point. Well, you know why they did it. So they could do it one more time before it would never, ever happen again. Yep. Revival and the Big Show are out. I particularly like the Big Show here. He says he doesn't even need to be on this show if he's going to be accused of this. And the moment that tipped it, and I thought it was kind of beautiful, 
that Big Cass is like, yep, there he is. It's him. Let's go. <laughs> Satisfactory for me. Well, this is, the, <laughs> this is the thing. There's so many damn holes. If you're proud that you did it, Cass, as you just tell us 30 seconds later, why are you trying to weasel out of it now? Uh, well, maybe, maybe the thing is, and this, hey, this is one of those things, Alex, that can be explained in one line. Maybe he doubted himself as a singles a little bit because he had never been there. Yeah. Because he had one shot before mm-hmm. in a top contender match, and he didn't get it done, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He was given that shot. It didn't work out. So, I mean, he could even say that I, I there are times I doubt myself, but it's full speed ahead now. One line. That's all it takes. Right. Will they do it? No. Wrong. Nope. We then move on to the revival, and Scott Dawson's crotch the old man promo delivery is the most awesome thing. Ah, you know that we didn't do that, Kurt. <laughs> what in tarnation are you he does, suggesting? He sounds like Yosemite Sam as a wrestler. It's just so it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. It's Kurt, so I want to tell you something. This is not what happened over here. We were just in the back, just hanging out, you know, just, you know, trading brownie recipes. I have no idea what ha- he was. He's so good. His boots, his wrestling boots need to have like the toe out of them where his toe just sticks through and wiggles. <laughs> that is that is awesome. It's great. Corey Graves stands up and starts poking holes through Cass's story. And I'm thinking, bring back GTV. Graves TV. I want it. It was Cass. He admits it. He goes off on Enzo. Despite that hole, I thought that Cass brought some fire in that yeah. promo. And yeah, for you know, if if Enzo, I got Enzo. Like there were there were a lot of naysayers in regards to him. That dude is a perfectly serviceable WWE superstar. He is a little dude who runs his mouth, gets his ass kicked, does it well. And when he is getting a tag team split up, he could deliver tears on command. He had a single tear. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, this was, we all, like, me included, went in on cast for the longest time of coming out and sounding like the world's biggest robot. And tonight, he didn't sound like that. Because there was probably a little truth to some of the things that he was saying, which I mean, like he was a truth teller in this thing. Like, like I, you, I have to back you up on everything, dude. You're out there picking fights on Twitter with Conor McGregor. What are you doing? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this, this is so. He was so good at at at, at this promo of being of talking to Enzo about. Listen, I'm sick and tired of cashing the checks that your ass writes, man. It's just for, for the shoehorning they do of a lot of the, the pop culture stuff. That was a good one. You know, that was a good one saying you're talking shit about this guy. You're psycho. Yeah. And you're, you would expect me to get you out of that. Yeah. It's, this was, this is all very, very good. Um, I mean, all of it. I mean, Enzo's reaction. It's one of those things that we were talking about before we went on the air. I honestly, did not think they were going to pull the trigger on the breakup storyline with Enzo and Cass before they got a run with the gold at some point in their careers, like NXT or now. Like they, you, you forget they've only been on the roster 
since April of 2016. You're like, it's hasn't been that they haven't been around for five years. These guys have like they've only been here and they're still super over with the crowd as a babyface tag team. To break them up now, you gotta have a really great plan going forward for both of these guys as in a singles career to like not to not use them anymore as a tag team. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that might be. But Cass really, really out uh, outdid himself with this whole angle at the end. And, you know, to have Enzo have to do all of his acting without his mouth at the end, that showed that he's got a lot of range and he's going to be a really great um, great tool for them to have in their toolbox. I wonder what happens to Enzo from here on out. He's going to get beat at Great Balls of Fire by Big Cass. That's going to happen. He got booted. But what happens to him after this? Does he find a new tag partner? Does he? He could tag with show. They could be ends show. Oh, son of a bitch. Why would you? I'm sorry. Would you put it past them to do that? They already did Jarrah's show and show Miz. Like, show show has to have his name in in the tag team he's in. Um, I don't know. Uh, People were saying they could be in in the cruiserweights. But he did say last week he was 206. So he can't be in there. That's what he said last week. Um, Chicken suit. (laughs) Kurt Angle's back. Oh, my God. Kurt yeah. Angle gives him the chicken suit. And then you have him run into Christian backstage, and he's like, we've all been there, buddy. Right. Listen, this this guy is tailor-made to be the mouthpiece for a guy who doesn't talk well but is great in the ring. Like, I don't know who that is on, on Raw right now, but th- this is what he's, he's born to do. He's born to be that guy. I, I, don't, I don't know where that's going to be, but um... – you know, I mean, pour one out for Enzo and Cass because when they were great, they were great. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm probably gonna wind up going through all their old promos together they did back at NXT when they were really really great together, and and shedding a little tear myself because like, who knows if we'll ever get this pairing back together? I I don't doubt that maybe down the line they could be paired together again even as heels like like Enzo yeah. sees what in sees what Cass meant right and like he pulls an old Swerverewski but you never know I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on 205 live in a limited capacity what is, because he he is a lot of what that show was missing well what is what does heel Enzo do does he like hit on guys wives harder than normal like yeah <laughs> like I would, just, I would be really interested, entertained to see what, what they would do with a heel end yeah. and what Babyface Enzo does. I got to say, Alex, this is probably one of my favorite Raws of the year. This was – there there wasn't a lot outside of the women's segment that I looked at and I was like, that was shit. Right. That was really the only thing that I saw and thought, man, this is not good. I, I – Loved the the Reigns Joe match. I loved the the return of Strowman. I liked all the Titus brand stuff, incorporating other storylines into that. Getting Sheamus and Tesaro on TV to capitalize off of the overness of Titus O'Neil right now, while still keeping their thing going. Then that final segment, you bring back the revival. Who looked dressed to compete? I was a little disappointed there. You got you've got Big Show woven into this. He could pop up on SmackDown now. Yeah. Maybe at his rate he pops up on 205 live <laughs> if he keeps if he keeps cutting him down. Yeah. Lots of options there. 
Or maybe he just doesn't want to do TV, as we found out this week. As we found out, yeah. He, does, he doesn't like it. He's re, he misses the days when people hated each other and, and didn't go to lunch together at Panera Bread. Um, That's crazy. I, yeah, on, on the whole, um, I, I, def, I, I would probably give this, this raw, like, B+, plus, um, A-. minus. Um, the things that I loved you know, brought the grade way up, but there was so, so much of the other stuff was, yeah, see, you know, like, like the Hardys versus Anderson and Gallows, like, yeah, okay, whatever. There's just stuff that was like that. And then the thing to me that, that kind of that brings the great, great way down is the way that they continue to use the women on raw. Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I, I can't, I can't justify it. That brings the great way down for me. They've really blown it with the women. They really have, and it, it's disheartening. Like the, to, to, it wouldn't it wouldn't be anything if you didn't have this whole thing running where you're like, "Women's Revolution, we are so progressive. Look at all the progressive things we're doing. First this, first this, first this, first that, first that." And like, but it doesn't matter if you don't back it up with what you what you're doing. You know, like. If if I were them, what I would do when this tournament is over, whoever wins this tournament shows up on Raw immediately and just crushes everybody, crushes well, everybody, and, and it's a real, it's a real them against this girl situation because it becomes an at all costs we have to beat that somebody's got to beat this girl. Yeah. Look at Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in the UFC. Here's a good MMA example. He's beaten everybody. Not only is he beaten everybody, he's beaten everybody twice. So what they did was two of his former opponents coached a season of the Ultimate Fighter of guys in that weight class. And their motivation to coach these guys in that weight class was hope this guy that wins this tournament beats Demetrius Johnson so I don't have to fight him again. Like you can do a, a real them against her situation where these alliances don't make absolutely like little se- well at a double negative there where these alliances make sense mm-hmm. where you have a crusher who's ran through a tournament where she's ran through the main roster and and you have a superstar built right there that's something i think raw is missing without charlotte because charlotte was that superstar she she just right exuded it and the weird thing about it is that she was. She was an absolute superstar. The entire women's division on Raw revolved around her. And she's an also ran over on SmackDown. I don't I mean, I don't don't really she's nothing special over there. And so it's a weird dynamic they have where they're not there's not she, she's over there doing, oh no, you didn't with yeah. Becky Lynch. You know, like they're best friends now. Which they are in real life, which is cool. They but, are. And I'm but, okay with that, but but they but in Kayfabe, they hated each other for 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 years so now it's kind of a weird thing like oh no on the blue brand now cool blue brand sisters but this whole thing i agree with you whatever they do with the tournament uh that needs to come out with something that that is is real and true somebody was talking about i don't know if it was you uh that winner of the tournament should get a shot at oscar and Mm -hmm. that's who should beat oscar i don't know i mean i i don't know enough about uh the forum the women who were uh, announced as being in the tournament, you got a couple of NXT people who are v- rarely on TV, and then uh, a luchadora and um, this twenty-one-year-old wonderkind from uh, from England. So, like, that's cool, but 
with, as the rest of the tournament fills out, you're going to have to explain to me why certain women from NXT who are never on TV are in the tournament and Nikki Cross isn't, if she winds up not being in the tournament. Yeah. Like you you got to tell me, got to give me a reason. They're never going to do that. They're just going to sure. put it in there and talk about it. But you you do. You need to have give me a reason why Asuka's not number one seed in that tournament. If you can have people from NXT in it, why isn't Asuka in the tournament? Unless you tell I, me that the tournament is for a shot at Asuka. You know? It's pretty simple, and it doesn't take a lot to explain. But, yeah, the, you can build a star that way, and should. You should. Yep. Guys, join me tomorrow evening with Jeff Hawkins and Anna Bauer after SmackDown Live. But before that, 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. If you all haven't checked out uh, an MMA podcast of ours yet, do so. We always have guests, great analysis. We're breaking it down for you. Really, really love doing that show. Please check it out if you haven't. And also share our shows. Uh, tweet the links out. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Use those forums. I'll hug you if you do. Maybe. Probably not. But I'll thank you. The list in your boy goes down Thursday this week. Friday night, Ring of Honor Best in the World coverage. We're going to have a few interviews with Ring of Honor stars leading up to that. We have uh, Bellator NYC coverage. Chael, Vanderlei, Fedor, Matt Mitrione, Ryan Bader, Phil Davis, Michael Chandler. It is a big, 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 giant Bellator show for Madison Square Garden Saturday night. UFC Oklahoma City Sunday night with the Yo Mama fight between Michael Chiesa and Kevin Lee. That's going to be a fun one. Also, I wanted to bring up Brandon Howard's uh, pretty great tweet that he unleashed earlier. He said, if you want to see an example of great heat, watch the end of Raw. If you want want an example of what bad heat is, watch the end of Money in the Bank uh, for the women. Yeah. Yep. Guys, thank you all so much. Follow Alex at Palowski the fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross at follow us at Fightful Online. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.